What's up, buddy? Not much. What you up to? Man, I am... I had a great day today. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a phenomenal day. I, I woke up this morning about 5 o'clock. I prayed uh, the Office of Louds. And then I took my dog for a, a two-and-a-half-mile run. And then I came home. I made my wife breakfast. Then I went to the driving range hit golf balls. And then I came home and watched college football. I had a great day. Well, the uh, the positive day you had sure is quite quite different than what we've been been seeing. So that's good to hear. Yeah, I just um, you know one of the things that 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 I decided to do today that I've kind of um, lacked as a as a parent, I guess, is I you know my oldest daughter she just turned thirteen. And outstanding, for lo- outstanding. And, and for the longest, I've been meaning you know you want to teach your kids certain skills, and a lot of times you know like j- just with getting your oil changed in your car, it's with the price of oil now and then a lot of the places with coupons and stuff like that you know it's you know you may pay 15 20 dollars more and it's not worth your your hassle sure you know just to just to do it yourself because i mean 15 20 dollars ain't isn't that bad of uh a cost for your time and the labor right right but i just decided today i said you know what my my daughter you know all my kids i they they need to learn these simple skills in life. So I went out this afternoon after watching some uh, Aggie football, which mm-hmm. luckily they won. Otherwise, go Ags, go Aggies. My, my day might have been a little bit worse. But uh, <laughs> they, no, I just went out. I bought the materials, and me and her got out there, and she learned how to change oil in a in a car, and and uh, you know, that's uh, awesome, man. Did she well, did she have fun? Actually, surprisingly, I didn't think she was because at first when I told her what we were going to do, it was, you know, the the typical teenage, oh, geez. The eye roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, 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 you know, not quite the eye roll, but, but you got that feeling, right? But when we were done, she was like, oh, that was actually fun. And I said, well, cool. good. I said, I said, it's a good skill to know. So can I bring my truck by and y'all just hook me up or? Yeah, yeah, bring it by. <laughs> you know, we'll start a we'll start a, a part time uh, oil chain shop. There we go. There we go. Uh, so we should pray. Want to pray? I'm ready. All right. If uh, those of you listening, uh, we, we invite you to join along with us to invoke the divine blessing and uh, hope we can lead to a, a fruitful discussion uh, tonight and uh, or today, whatever time you're listening to this, and. Uh, yeah, it should be a should be a good talk. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Veni Sancti Spiritus, repletur acorda fidelium et tui amoris in eis ignim acende. Imite Spiritum tuum et creabuntur. Et renovabis facem tari. Oremus. Deus qui corda fidelium Sancti Spiritus illustrationi docuisti, da nobis iniorum Spiritu recta sapere et de eos semper consolationi gadere per Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Jason, a lot of lot of negative vibes out there, man. Yeah, quite you know there quite a bit, and uh, I know me and you had talked about picking up on some more Vatican II discussions, and, and then this past week there's been quite a bit of um, topics out there that we could discuss, both secularly and religiously. But um, I think we're going to take it in a different direction tonight, just because if you want all that negativity and you want to 
want to talk about those things. There's plenty of outlets for that. And, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, especially within the church, some of these, some of these topics that, that tend to go negative or tend to add anxiety, do they, do they need to be discussed? Absolutely. We're not denying that, but there are, you also have to find me as me and you were talking today. We, you have to find the balance with, with the joy because we do live or, or we're supposed to live a joyous life in Christ, right? Indeed. And and you can find that joy even in times of adversity. Well, um, I mean, we this the, our religion is a religion of joy, and and lately it's beginning to feel like a religion of anxiety. But that anxiety, that's the world. That's not the church. Now, are there things going on in the church that cause anxiety? That that's always going to be the case. Um, but like I, I, I went to confession uh, last Wednesday, and Father Rock really kind of um, he kind of got my head correct, and I was telling him about all this anxiety I'm going through, and all this uh, I'm just upset about everything, and it's causing me to slip up in my prayer life, and all this, that, and the other thing. And he was like, you know, Mark, just unplug from all that stuff, concentrate on your spiritual life don't you know don't listen to all the stuff that's going on everything that's going on in the Vatican is going to go on whether you're listening to the news about it or not and it doesn't you're not in control of it you, it doesn't really have anything to do with you instead concentrate on making sure you pray your rosary every day concentrate on making it to mass every sunday the basics little victories step by step keep your nose keep your eye on the ball basically and what you'll find is when you do that, and he was sort of telling me in the mystical body of Christ, the sick members weigh down the whole body, but the healthy members shore up the body. And so that's kind of one of the direction we were thinking about going this evening. Well, yeah, and and if, you know, from the other night I had texted you, or, or okay, let me start over. I had been laying in bed the other night just thinking about our next podcast and what we could talk about and and I remember thinking you know what let's 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 do something different than than the the normal uh route that people seem to be going right now let's talk about something positive something uplifting whether it's in our personal lives or about a saint or about something in the within the church and I remember I text you and I told you that and you were like you read my mind absolutely you know, we were right on that same wavelength and and funny enough if you're not if you're not completely focused on the 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 negative or the anxious aspects of your faith you start finding the joy like i saw on uh the internet the other day uh saint joan of arc a quote from her where she says i am not afraid i was born for this mm. and and oddly enough that gave me gave me courage to to face the times that we're going through both in both in our religious life and also in our in our secular lives, but also it, it kind of gave you some joy to kind of say, why did she, why did she, so confidently say that? Because she knew what her ultimate goal was and where she was ultimately going. So she 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 didn't have to fear what men could do to her, and it, it just kind of reiterated this this idea of all the the martyrs we've had throughout church history who have gone up to their to their deaths or to their martyrdom with joy in their hearts you know you read in the bible when the apostles were being beat and imprisoned and, and and all kinds of bad things they were singing praises to god out of joy 
And uh, regardless of what happens at the Vatican, regardless of what happens uh, w- with the scandals and stuff within the church, we we still need to find that joy. That's not to say that we just sit back and and just blindly follow everything, but we do need to sit back and say, okay, un- like Father Rock told you, unplug and uh, and find the joy and. And Father, I believe it was Father Mitch Pacwa, who sometime last year had had tweeted out he missed, some along the lines of he missed the mid the days in medieval times when there wasn't social media, there wasn't TV and radio, mm-hmm. and and you lived thousands of miles away from the Vatican, had no idea what they were doing up there, but you <laughs> lived your but you lived your life every day, and you lived your faith the best you could every day irregardless of what they were doing and halfway across the world. And, you know, you mentioned the martyrs and it, it, it's interesting that the martyrs are where you find the most joyous saints in the church. And that's very counterintuitive. One of the things that, that converted so many early Romans was when they would feed the Christians to the lions in the Colosseum, the Christians would would huddle together in the center of the Colosseum waiting to be devoured by these beasts and they would sing hymns. And it was something that the Romans had never, they'd, they'd been feeding people the lions for in Rome for a long time, uh, but they'd never seen anything quite like that before. Um, you see a lot of that in, um, in the martyrs of the church. And so that's something we can take a lot of inspiration from. And I think, and it's not to, and when I say unplug from the church, I don't mean just like not to know what's going on. But when it gets to a point where you're just inundated with your daily news feed of, well, now Francis is going to do this. Now he's going to close your seminaries. Then he's going to excommunicate you. And then the three days of darkness are coming. And then, you know, at some point you, you've got to say, okay, Christ is in control. Either Christ is in control of the church or he's not. If he's not, then who cares if the church blows up? Who cares, really? We sh- if if Christ is not in control of the church, then none of us should really be doing this anyway, right? right? But if Christ is in control of the church, then relax. Everything's gonna be okay. The best thing that you can do in times like that, when it gets to be too much, when you when you get to de- when you start to, to despair is to shut down the news feed a little bit for, for a while. Focus on your spiritual life. And in terms of that, part of one of the things that I started to get burnt out a little bit or I started to get overwhelmed with was it seems like every day, because of all these things that are going on with Tradiciones Custodes and apostolic visitations to the fraternities, seminaries, and all these things going on, like there's always a new novena to join every every day. There's a we're urging you to join this novena. We're urging you to do this fast or another thing. And it gets to a point where you try to do all these things and you're gonna burn out. Okay. In in those instances, and I'm not I'm not I'm not anybody's spiritual director, and I'm not trying to be, but this is this is what I do. If your dance card is full, then don't take on anything else because you're going to get to the point to where I can't do the stuff. I'm tired. I'm not going to do anything. 
keep doing what you're doing. If you can take on an extra novena or an extra devotion, great. But if your dance card is full, your dance card is full. You're not a bad Catholic. You're not, a, you're not being a bad person because you're not fasting every day and saying 30 different novenas and doing all these things. Uh, the spiritual life is a lifetime goal. You're working your way up to sanctification. So that means that, you know, start with the simple things. Get a morning prayer in every morning. Say your rosary every day. If you if if you've got some extra time or you've you called to an extra devotion, then you know take on an extra devotion. But I think what's most important is to understand that the amount of control you have over the Catholic Church is very limited, <laughs> and just understand that Christ is in control, and that everything is going to be okay. And then go hit some golf balls, okay. Go go uh, go watch the college football game. Go have a beer with your friend. Go take your wife and go do something that's fun. You know, I don't know. Again, get some joy out of life. Life doesn't have to be this terrible well, all the time. And if you let that anxiety constantly weigh on you, it it will hurt your faith. Um, like you were saying, you'll you'll burn out. But it'll also drag you down in the sense that you're saying. Where's the joy in being a Christian and Catholic? You know, where where, where is that joy? And it, it, it'll definitely weigh you down. Um, and, and and even among Catholics, you know, we have these groups. And, and j- just in case any of our listeners have heard us use the terms, and we've, and I think you'll agree, we've used the terms as a distinction, not as a disparaging remark when we, when we refer to trad versus Novus Ordo right. parishes. Because... Unlike uh, maybe maybe some groups, cause, because even within groups of traditional Catholics, they vary greatly. Yeah. Um, me, uh, myself, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on your end, Mark, but we do not believe that we are better Catholics at, than our Novus Order brothers. We do not, you know, we do not think less of them. Are there things that we would like to see improved within within their churches? Yes, but some people don't even have the choice. Of right. going to a traditional Latin mass, right. and you know these people are living their faith out the best they can, whether they have the choice or not. And we need to find joy in that and uplift each other. Because I, I know this week, just ever since the FSSP letter came out, their response—you know, not just their letter, but but all the Ecclesia Day uh, groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, Catholics within traditional circles have been destroying each other. And it's just sad to see because there's this litmus test, kind of like with the libertarians in, here in the United States. There's a litmus test that some people have that nobody will ever meet except themselves. Yeah, and, well, that's that's going to be true. I think any, you know, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, social classification you can think of is going to, there, there's, there's these people like that. Nobody is as good as me. You know, and you know, as as Catholics, we also find joy in things that most people will think are weird, right? Right. Let me let, let, let me give you a couple examples. For instance, I know you know you know, and all of our listeners probably know that that, that are you know, unless they're from a Protestant uh, uh, denomination. But about uh, 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 Father Kobe or uh, Maximilian Kobe, Saint. Kobe, right? One of my favorite saints. Oh, I absolutely love him. 
But, you know, he went to his death. And every time I hear that story, it seems like the more I hear that story, because I just watched a little little three or four minute video on it the other day. And then I showed my, my older girls and then I watched it with my boys again, you know, like three days in a row. And I think I, every time I watch that, I get more and more emotional. It's sad because of what he did, but it's also powerful and joy, joyous to say, man, look what this man did. Look at the power he had over over a a uh, a very powerful nation you know in the in germany he he had more power than they did because he gave himself for for other people and there's just even though he died there's so much joy in that because you know uh the love that he had the joy that he had in helping these people, because you know he had that, because that's you know that's why he's doing it out of love and and everything, and and of course in love you find joy many times, but we also know he's he's in heaven, right? Um, so who won the battle in that? Him or the or the Nazis? Um, and then you hear about uh, uh, Father, uh, what's his name? Uh, Capuchin. Also one of my favorite saints. Father, what's his name? Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 very similar storyline, but Padre Pio. Uh, Padre Pio. Um was, was that was that who you were talking about? No, no, no. Uh, no. Um he, he was uh, he was in the Korean War. Father uh Capuchin. Is that say his name? Oh, right? oh Father Capuchin. K A P yeah, K A P C A Anyway, as our listeners have found out now, if they're regular listeners, I don't even know how to pronounce most words. Yeah, we don't. N- neither one of us know what the heck we're doing. So I that's... mean, I can visualize how to spell his name. Yeah, <laughs> but but getting it out is a different story. But <laughs> in case our listeners don't know, we're, we're recording today on on nine eleven, the twenty year anniversary yeah. um, of nine eleven, and I was looking uh, through the news today and. They talked about a chaplain, you know, for uh, New York Fire Department who went into a building, rushed in with the firefighters trying to, of course, help save, save people, but also going in there. So if anybody needed last rites and, and whatnot, that he would be able to provide that spiritual um, um, guidance for them. Right? Yes, yes. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm looking him up right now because I remembered. I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. And that's that's not because he's not important, but only because I'm kind of stupid. Hold on. <laughs> but while the story is sad, there's also joy in that because it's like this man, again, made the ultimate sacrifice for other people. Father and Michael Judge. Father Michael Judge. Michael Judge. And again, by worldly standards, we, uh, uh, me and you and others finding joy, the joy in that is weird. I mean, the man died, but what they don't understand is that we know that this isn't, this life isn't the only thing out there. You know, Um, and I think, I think that that's, that's the perfect imitation of Christ because what Christ does, what, how Christ saves us on Calvary is the world comes at him with everything it has. And instead of trying to deflect what the world could do to him or hide away from it or 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 get hit or get out of it in any way he looks death right in the eye and says do your worst give me the worst you can not only will i not only can i take it i can beat it and then christ dies 
he goes down into the land of the dead and he destroys death. And when we look at the martyrs, when we look at St. Maximilian Kolbe, you know, of all the suffering and horrible things that went on at Auschwitz-Birkenau, and the you know this that's what the Nazis created that place for. They created that place to make people suffer. It wasn't just to kill people; it was to humiliate them and then kill them, and to destroy them. You know, they they came up with all kinds of creative ways to make people suffer, horrible, uh, you know, lives and deaths in that place. And this Polish priest looked the SS right in the eyes and said, "Do your worst." I'm going to, not only am I going to, not only will I go through it, I'll smile through the whole thing. You will not break me. That's powerful, man. And the thing is, is they were, uh, going back to what you said, they were trying to take the dignity away from these people before they killed them. And from all accounts, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe helped these people uh, keep their dignity, you know, at least in their feeling, because they, you know, you, you, you hear about them singing and praying to God and, and, uh, St. Maximilian Colby being over them. So he was doing everything he could for these people spiritually, but also trying to help them, you know, I, I would imagine keep their dignity. Yeah, no, there's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of, uh, reports that came out about how Maximilian Colby would uh you know you would obviously hear confessions but not i don't know about what happened in the starvation bunker because there's no survivors to tell that story but um from the people who knew him in the camps uh one of whom i had the opportunity to meet and he is the man for whom saint maximilian colby went to the starvation bunker who is dead now his name was francis skyvanicek um and maximilian colby was, you know, it's not like they gave you a lot of food there, but whatever food Maximilian Colby had, he would offer up to his fellow prisoners first. Um, he would try and say mass with the with the the the, the bits of bread that he could be given. Now, obviously, uh, he did not have things like sacramental wine and sacramental vessels, but the law of ecclesia suplet means that even if you can't. Uh, fully, uh, you know, perform the rite of mass that the church supplies the grace in extreme circumstances to make up for things like that. But, um, you know, it's a very powerful story. And, and, and I don't think any of us can even imagine what it would be like to be in a place like Auschwitz-Birkenau, but to have a priest there who, uh, who, is, who is focused on giving people hope in a place that is designed to stamp out all hope out of you before they kill you. Uh, that's incredibly powerful. And it's uh, something that, and uh, the title of our episode tonight that I, I sort of chose was Dona Vobis Pachim, because, you know, in the, in the Agnes Day prayer of the Mass, that's our last acclamation. We pray twice for the Agnus Dei, the, the Lamb of God, to have mercy on us. But our final acclamation is, grant us peace. Grant us peace. Because that's what Christ comes to bring us. Peace and hope and joy. And not, as pe- and not peace as the world knows it. Right. Right. But true, true peace. Not, not, just, not just the absence of war or the absence of conflict, but 
like honest interior joy and peace in our hearts. And that's, I think sometimes that gets sort of lost in the, uh, well, there's a lot of bad news out there. There's a lot of bad things that go on in our daily lives. And not just, not just in the news and in the world and the Vatican, in our daily lives, right? Um, we have family members that die. We have jobs that fire us or lay us off. We have, uh, you know, sons and daughters that come down with incurable uh, terminal illnesses. I mean, there's just a bunch of things in this life. This world is a thresher. And if if you're so plugged into the world and you have no interior life where you're not focused on your interior life to a proper degree despair isn't something that might happen. It's guaranteed and it will consume you. And Christ and in his infinite wisdom tells us in the, in the, in the scriptures, be anxious, not, you know, for tomorrow, tomorrow has its own, you know, today's worries are sufficient for today. I'm, I'm destroying them. <laughs> the, the, the way the way Christ says it, but he's, but you know, he tells you not to be anxious for tomorrow. Right. Because in his infinite wisdom, he knows that the anxiousness leads to despair. Despair leads to, um, you know, lack of faith or struggling in your faith. Um, and I think so, going yeah, back. So, no, no, no I was sorry, just going to say, so just just always focus on the negative. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination I'm the most positive person in the world. Because I do um, get caught up in the negative many times you're you're Uh, irish you come by it quite naturally (laughs) and and i you know i i I do enjoy debating uh topics of of all kinds of stripes but there's also there's also a balance and there's also you know times i need to step back myself and say okay all these things are great and wonderful whatever but but where are you finding your joy and i think that's kind of what we were wanting to kind of maybe just discuss a little bit tonight as well is where we find joy in our personal lives or or if we're not finding the joy as we should what can we do to to find that joy and peace so so jason what do you do when the world gets to be too much what are some things you employ that get you sort of focused back on that right track are we talking about podcast friendly or <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want yes, oh, please. Oh, here's something I find joy in. You know, part of our show title is uh Tradmen, humor, habdashery, and traditional Latin mass. Yeah. I don't think we have enough humor in this. Let me let me tell you a a, a place I found some joy today. Okay. Um so my uh, my middle daughter, she or my younger daughter, I have two girls. So my younger daughter, she um, she, she asked me today. She goes, um, "Have you, hey dad, have you heard the 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 joke about the paper? Have I you have heard that heard, joke? I have not heard the joke about the paper. It's terrible. <laughs> but up bump. <laughs> so." I'm a sucker for dad. I'm a sucker for dad jokes, and my kids know that. So, just you know, I I, I don't know do if you, that's something I, I necessarily you, go to, but it reminded me of a of a joyous time in my head. Give, 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 give me another one. Do you have another one? 
Okay, so what's another one they like to tell that they usually? Tell? Okay, here, here's another one my kids always tell. How okay. do you make it? How do you make a tissue dance? How do you make a tissue dance? I don't know. You put a little boogie in it. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank Very you. Nice. I'll, I'll leave my hat outside my house for anybody that wants to drop any money. I think I'm going to go back to the despair, honestly. That was uh, that was terrible. <laughs> hey, if a dad joke ain't terrible, it's not a dad joke, right? No, humor is important. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you know, my goodness. So once in a while, just sit back and laugh at it. And and if the word, if you like if you don't if you don't laugh you'll you'll, you'll cry. cry. Which yeah. one are you going to do? I mean, uh when you get I, one of those really when you're with your friends or family or whoever and you get one of those, I mean, you get a good belly laugh that you, that you haven't laughed like that in a long time. How good does that feel? Oh man, that's the best. That's I the mean, best. It, there's so much tension, so much anxiety that's just really I mean, and you feel great. Yeah. And and that is, you know, that is one place that I, you know, maybe it's not a spiritual way to find uh, the inner peace, but it's it's definitely a way to to get you there is is humor in your life finding instead of taking everything so seriously all 100% of the time take some time out to find the the funny in life i think everything has to have its place and so when you're if you you know it, it's like when you're at mass if you're telling jokes and uh, kicking back and relaxing and dancing and whatever during mass that's inappropriate because when you're at mass, you're at the foot of the cross. But right. simultaneously, it's also, I think, inappropriate in times when you should be relaxing and enjoying yourself and maybe kick, kicking back, relaxing, laughing, to be serious and somber. And, and uh, right, right, Everything has to go in the right place. And so there's got to be that, that balance. Um, you know, when you find that that all this stuff is is beginning to weigh on you to the point where, because one of the things that happened to me, um, and the reason I had to go back to confession, well, I, I, I recommend going to confession often, even if you feel you don't need to, you probably do, but um, <laughs> one of the things that got to me was I started to, my prayer life began to just become non-existent because I began to get on this thing of, well, you know, why am I going to sit here and pray for a for a for a church that doesn't even care itself, like I, I, I can't. I, am I the only one in the Catholic Church who gives a crap? I mean, the people who are in charge, the people, anybody who can do anything about Tradiciones Custodes, is either in on it or doesn't care. And you know, and here I am sitting here praying rosary after rosary and novena after novena. And meanwhile, the people who are in charge and the people who can do something about it aren't going to do anything. So what's the point? And that's the wrong attitude. And that was one of the reasons I'm so grateful Father Rock um, really kind of like got my mind right. And he did it in an obvious charity and, and you know, it wasn't mean about it or anything. But he sort of just said, Mark, Mark, you're, you're way focused on the wrong things here. Unplug from the news. Let's get back to your prayer life. Okay, so what do you what do? You do what, what's your spiritual life look like? What's your prayer life look like? I said, okay, well, when I wake up in the morning, I, I pray my morning offering and then I pray the office of louds from the Benedictine monastic office. So, okay, that's great. Okay. Then what do you do? Well, then I go and I, I get some exercise. I go for a run or a walk with my dog. 
He said, great, fantastic. Have you been doing those things? Well, no, I haven't. I said, okay, well, there's your problem. That's why you're, you're not feeling down about what's going on in the world. You're feeling down because you've abandoned your prayer life. It's not the other way around. It's that, that's how it happened. Isn't it amazing how everything you, you well, I shouldn't say everything, but most things you confess, at least in my experience in the confessional, they, when they ask, well, how's your prayer life? Or are you praying for these graces that God wants to give you if you just ask? Mm-hmm. And the answer is almost always for me, ah, no, I haven't been praying for those things. Right. Or I haven't been praying as I should. No, I haven't. You know, when I wake up, I, you know, I, I go ahead and start my day before I say my first prayer. Just, and it's so simple, yet, and so cliche in so many ways, but so important. So, so critical for your faith and for how you live your life. And I think, there, and, and, you know, so if there's listeners out there who are like, okay, I, I don't, I don't know if I have a good prayer life or I don't know what a good prayer life looks like. Talk to your priest, talk to your priest. And, and what you'll find is it's not about, at least in my experience, it's not about how many prayers you can say or how fervently you can pray all the time or anything like that. It's about consistency. Get a routine. Yeah. Have a, have a routine and, and, but that means you need to have a manageable amount of things you can do every day. Right. So you can't, and it's very tempting because there's a lot of cool things to do in the Catholic religion. There's a lot of great devotions and very fruitful spiritual practices and you, and you want to do them all. You you can't do them all, at least not right away. Okay. Um, So pick, start out small. If you don't have any prayer life or you don't have any spiritual life really to speak of that's consistent, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a morning offering prayer. This is like a 30-second prayer. The, the, I, I, let me tell you, the one that I say comes from the Vade Mecum uh, prayer book, which is the prayer book put out by the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter. And this is all it says. Heavenly Father, I offer thee all my prayers, works, and sufferings in union with the sacred heart of Jesus for the intentions for which he pleads and offers himself in the holy sacrifice of the Mass in thanksgiving for thy favors and reparation for my offenses and in humble supplication for my temporal and eternal welfare for the needs of our Holy Mother of the Church, for the conversion of sinners, and for the relief of the poor souls in purgatory. Amen. Okay, that took 30 seconds. Start there. Every morning you wake up, you, you, you pray your morning offering. And, and then, then every night, every night right before you go to bread, right before you go to bed, you say a prayer of thanksgiving. I love when I go into bread. I love yeah, it. I love going to bread too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, neither one of the trad men can talk. Uh, we don't know why we can't do that, but we just, that's not our forte. But anyway, um, start there. And then, you know, in the middle of the day, pray your rosary. And, and, you know, I, I was going to add, yeah, if you start out with that morning offering and then an evening prayer every night, um, and, and like you said, they don't have to be uh, some deep, drawn-out, you know, prayer in the sense that you're, you're praying like a divine office in a sense, right? Right. Um, just, just quick prayers to get your mind and, and, and your soul centered and focused on God. 
pray before all your meals. Um, you know, that, that adds to your prayer life. Set an alarm. If you're not up at 6 in the morning, just set an alarm for noon and 6 p.m. The Angelus. It don't take, but what, like a minute to do. Oh, the Angelus takes, yeah, five, five, 10 to 15 seconds, if that. And, I mean, and it's, but it's a beautiful prayer. You know that, that that helps us focus on Christ, His incarnation, and 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 what He has done for us, um, and yeah, just pray your rosary, and that's that's a pretty full day of prayers. I'm not saying that you can't do more if you right. feel inclined, or you sh- or you shouldn't do more, but that's a pretty full day of prayer because before every almost before every major activity that you partake with for the day, waking up before you start your day. Before you go to bed, you're 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 focusing yourself on God, thanking thanking God and asking Him for the graces that you need. You're thanking Him before you know before each meal. You're thanking Him for the food that He's provided you with, which which helps you realize your dependence upon God. And then again, and then again, we talked about the the Angelus twice, you know, at least two times a day. You could probably do, and then the Rosary. Now, now the Rosary is going to take you probably about twenty minutes, but. But what's what's twenty minutes in a twenty four hour period? Yeah, and if you if you feel you're not ready to tackle the rosary every day right now, well, let's work your way up to the rosary. I mean, I I've used the uh, the analogy before that the spiritual life is kind of like it's kind of like weightlifting, right? So when you go to the gym your first day, you've never weightlifted in your life. You go to the gym the first day, you're not going to sit down there and bench two twenty five right off the bat. If you try to do that, you will hurt yourself. You will fail. You will quit. You will not go back. Start with just the empty barbell. Well, that's not really weight. Hey, start start with the empty barbell, and then next week put five pound weights on each end. You and can't then, you run until you take that first step. Exactly. And, and the prayer life is like that too. This is yeah. Everybody wants to be Bernard of Clairvaux. But Bernard of Clairvaux didn't wake up one morning and all of a sudden he was Bernard of Clairvaux. It's a lifetime of self-mastery and interior responding to grace that gets you to that point. So if you if you missed your prayers today, well, I'll, now I'm a bad person. And now, you know, there's no point in getting back on the horse. No, no, no. You missed your prayers today. You didn't you did or you didn't say all your prayers and you didn't get. You start again tomorrow. It didn't mean you gave up your faith. Right. You don't give up. You start start again tomorrow. You know? Um, and it's it's it doesn't mean that you're never going to be able to do this or this is undoable or anything like that. Um, going back to the divine office, there are so many approved versions of the Liturgy of the Hours. And I personally get a lot of... Um, uh, grace or, or I get a lot of what's the word I'm looking for I get a lot out of saying <laughs> a couple of hours I, I don't pray every hour of the divine office but I I pray louds vespers and compline so that's that's a morning prayer an evening prayer and night prayer that together with my rosary and my morning offer that's my that's my daily prayer life and I don't really have a lot of novenas and you know, other things that I participate in every once in a while, if there's a special occasion, there's something special going on, I'll participate in a novena if I could, you know, if I can manage it. Um, but honestly, that's a pretty full, my dance card, I feel like is pretty full in terms of my prayer routine. And you'll see it will, it will bear a lot of fruit in your life and you will start to, 
you know, um, I think back to the monastics in the church, the, the, the monks and the nuns who live um, uh, cloistered monastic lives. They're not surfing Facebook to find out what's going on in the Vatican. They're not watching, they're not listening to our podcast. They're not listening to Dr. Taylor Marshall and, and being anxious all the time about what's going on in the Vatican. They don't even wear wristwatches. They don't wear wristwatches. You know how you know what they they worry about when the bell rings. I got to grab my breviary and head to the chapel because it's time for it's time for non or it's time for vespers, and making sure that the the work that I've been detailed to do is done correctly. And well, and those people you've never met more joyous people in your life than monastics. Well, it was, speaking of that, it was uh, Cardinal Sarah said one time, you know, or he said many times, and, and even um, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder says that when he's gone to the poor parts of Africa, he finds more joy in those in those Christians there than he, than he sees in first world countries, mm. um, which there's something to say about that. And to, going back to, to finding time to to pray, it, it it all goes back to um, also the, the virtues and and the sense of self mastery because you're gonna have all these different things pulling at you. You're also gonna have your own desires to not take time out in the day to pray to do these other things. So it's it's also it's also a battle in self mastery to mm. to create a prayer life to to me at least. Oh no, absolutely. And, and you know Saint Paul talks about pray without ceasing, and does that does Saint Paul mean? Oh, I just need to sit down all day every day, and and either pray, you know, from a, from a book all day, or pray the Psalms all day, or just in constant uh, formal prayer, shall we say, for lack of better terms? Mm-hmm. No, I think I think Paul was speaking to something greater that. When I drive, say say when I drive by a church or I drive by a graveyard or you drive by an ambulance or a wreck or something like that, you know, you do in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You you know, you do a little quick prayer, you know, in, in, in adoration for for Christ and the Holy Eucharist if it's a church or for the poor souls in purgatory if it's a graveyard, um, for the safety of people that you may see in an ambulance or an accident. Um, driving down the road, it means that when something good happens to you, you know, you just go, uh, thank you, Lord. Or even if something bad happens to you, help me, Lord. Or, or you know, it, it doesn't have to be a, a, a what, what we would deem a, a, a more formal prayer. It can just be quick because those are the things that, that, that while they're, while they're prayers, they're, they're still, you're still focused on God. And I, and I think ultimately, that's the end goal, right? Is to focus your entire existence on God. Right. No, absolutely. I think, well, and, you know, we, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and I was just looking this up as you were talking, and um, it, it, Catechism of the Catholic Church 2566 says, Man is in search of God. In the act of creation, God calls every being from nothingness into existence. Crowned with glory and honor, man is, after the angels, capable of acknowledging how majestic is the name of the Lord in all the earth. Even after losing through his sin, his likeness to God, man remains an image of his creator and retains the desire for the one who calls him into existence. And so 
this idea of prayer, and this comes from the Catechism of the Catholic Church in the section on, about prayer. It's about living your life. Um, praying without ceasing is not just about a recitation of words. It's a way you live your life. Your life is a prayer if, if, if you are doing this correctly. Now, I should have just read from the catechism because it said it much better than I did. <laughs> the catechism has a way of doing that, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and so when we do that, we're going to find that that joy is going to come no matter what happens. And and that's, you know, and that's easier said than done sometimes, right? And and this is going to take work. Um, but I'm I'm just saying that in the midst of all these things that are going on, and maybe you're one of the people who's lost your ability to go to traditional Latin mass due to what happened to Traditiones Custodes. How are you going to find joy? How are you going to, you can't, you know, what's, uh, you feel lost in the world. You feel hurt. You feel like the Catholic Church doesn't want you around anymore. The Catholic, you know, the Pope would like it very much if you would just leave the Catholic Church and go somewhere else. I get it. I know. I, I, I felt the same way. Um, put, but your, it's in... put your anxieties and fears to, to Christ. You know, uh, attach yourself to him and let him bring you through that. Because a lot of times when we when these type of things happen, we, we, we get into, and like we mentioned earlier, despair. A lot of times because we're trying to control the situation and and I can speak for myself, many times it... it when I worry about these uh, too much about a certain thing, it's because of a lack of faith. Because I'm like, I've got to control it. I've got to. I got to do all X, Y, and Z, or this ain't gonna happen. Then you get to X, and you're like, okay, well, good. I got past X, and then you're on to worrying about the next thing. And it stems from a lack of of, of faith and and prayer life in my life. You know, I, I can I can speak to the way the way that I live and. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So, yeah, no, I'm, just... I'm right there with you. I, in fact, in fact, one of the things I was sitting there having a conversation with my wife when I was like, right when this all this Traditiones Custodes stuff first came out, I was so mad, and I was like, these, I, I and I, I told my wife, I said, the church is being run by a bunch of people who are going to run it into the ground, and it, and my wife said, I thought you said Christ runs the church, and I was like. <laughs> Well, maybe he does, but he's not—he's not doing anything about it, and you know he's not—you know he—he's—he's he's like an absentee landlord. You know he needs to step in and take care of this. And I'm thinking back to that, and I'm thinking, you know, that represents a total lack of faith that this is Christ's church and that Christ is in charge. That—that's—that that was totally a manifestation of exactly what you were talking about. And, and you so, know, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of of in the Book of Isaiah. Where, it's, where God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares mm. the Lord. You know, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways uh, higher than yours. And yeah, we, I, I've been there too, where it's like, you know, we, we it, you know, in, in no disrespectful terms, it's kind of like, come on, let's hurry and get, to, let's get the show on the road. Let's get everything back to normal. And it's like, who am I to tell God what the right time is? And it's like we're in the boat and the sea is raging around us and Jesus is asleep and yes, we're going yes. to, Hey, wake up, wake up, do something. Hey, wake up. We're going to die. We're going to drown. And he wakes up and he's like, you guys are so, 
if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you know. Um, I feel like if 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 uh, I had lived during the time of Jesus, I'd have probably been hearing that all the time. It feels like <laughs> I I would have been rebuked a lot. There would be a lot of stories about me in the Gospels about the the one who was constantly rebuked because uh, you Peter know, would be like, "Thank you, Mark." And you know, there's also this this sense of uh, God owes me. I've been yeah. good. God owes me. And man, I think we're all guilty. I know for sure I'm guilty of that. And I go back to the book of Job. Um, there's a lot of wisdom about what's going on in the world today in, hidden in the book of Job. And it's one of people's least favorite books of the Bible because I think it, 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 its point is misrepresented. It, makes, it, it sort of can make God out to look like a, a, a petty sort of person who plays games with a man's life to make a to, to win a bet with Satan. And that's not really what the book of Job is about. Um, the book of Job is about how how what how do you explain what happens? Because you have you have Proverbs, and Proverbs in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament it sort of gives you the gist of, well, if you do good things, good things will happen. If you do bad things, bad things will happen. And that's true to a certain extent. Okay? But what do you do when you haven't done anything wrong and bad things happen? Where is God to be found in that? And what happens is Job loses everything. If you're familiar with the story, Job is this righteous man who everything is taken away from him. And all the people in Job's life are trying to figure out, what have you done? What did you do to deserve this? And every, you know, and Job's racking his brain. I didn't do anything. And every, well, you must have done something. I mean, you know, look at the state that you're in. And finally, at the end, Job has an audience with God and he lets God have it. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I was good to you. You owe me better than this. And God takes him on this mystical tour through all of creation all the cosmos where were and you all of time and space and basically the gist of what happens is our god says now that you've seen all this you think you can do what i do you want to be the one to decide who gets it and who doesn't you have no idea what my motive i revealed myself to you that does not mean you know everything there is to know about me. I am that which is not fully knowable. That's the whole, you know, his name is, he calls himself Yahweh, which means I am, right? He tells, he tells Moses, tell them I am who am. He has no proper name because there's no one to name him because there's no one higher than him. Like you get a name, you get it from your parents, and you're allowed to name the animals because they're beneath you. Well, the but, I am also speaks to God's essence, right? Yeah, but but no, but he says I am, who am, meaning I am the fullness of existence, and therefore I don't have a proper name the way you have a name like Joshua, Moses, Isaiah, G, or or even Jesus is is a is a anglicization of the word of the of Yahshua, Yeshua, but. Uh, and Jesus has a name 
here on you know and because of his incarnation but uh he he is the logos right so he's eternal that means that there's nobody above him who can give him a name so you're not really allowed to tell god what he owes you the obligation runs the other way and that's important to keep in mind sometimes and you know have that humility and humility kind of plays into this a lot i think completely going against our our topic right now but it kind of made me think i guess i've never really made the connection on what you're what you're saying because if you read exorcist one of the ways how's one of the ways that they control a demon you, you, you mean what, what are you talking about Ex, did you say exodus or the exorcist oh sorry exorcist <laughs> oh exorcists okay yeah, yeah so no. so so when they're doing exorcisms What's one way that when you when you read their accounts and their stories that they say they are able to control or or have power over a demon right. to know his name to, to know, know the his demon's name, name. and uh, yeah who who has power over God absolutely no one right or right. anything or anything I- any type of being and that's yeah absolutely to, you know to and that's one of the things that God tells Adam that he has the right to do is name everything. He, I'm gonna. I've, mm-hmm. I've created this paradise for you. Well, not everything. The remember the 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 light God calls day and the darkness God calls night. So he he names the night and the day. But the things that are on the earth, the things that crawl on the earth, and the things that swim in the sea, the other the things creatures, he has dominion. Man has dominion over the things that man has dominion over. He allows man to name, and so that's that's important so when we get to the book of exodus and because sorry what now are you still there yes uh, did you uh, say exodus or exorcist the book of exodus in the book of exodus <laughs> when uh i know right in the book of exodus uh when god's is is giving instructions to moses Moses says, "Okay, who should I tell the 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 Israelites is telling me to do this? Because you got to remember, there were a lot of gods worshipped in the ancient Near East, particularly in Egypt at that time. And so Moses is asking, are you are you Anubis? Are you uh, Toth? Are you one of the other Egyptian deities? And Yahweh says, you tell them I am who am. And he says, "Okay, I'll tell them that I am says to go do this. Because you can't, you you're not allowed to name God because God is above you, and there is nobody above Him who has dominion over Him, who can name Him. Yeah. And it was that name that the Jews accused Jesus of blasphemy, or one of the times they accused Him of blasphemy. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got off on that tangent about naming. No, no, but that's, but it was a good that's one. That's something I've thought about a lot. You know. Well. I, I was about to say that there was something going, going way back about confession, and if and I, I haven't got permission from my wife, so if if she doesn't want if she doesn't want me to say this, then we'll just go ahead and edit it out. <laughs> okay. Um, but you were talking about confess your confession with Father Rock. I know she came to me one time and she told me she said something that she was told in the confession, and I believe it might have been Father Rock too. She said. Now I don't know what she was confessing or anything, but she says um, <clears throat> she she basically told Father, like I said, I believe it was Father Rock. She told she told him um, 
whatever her sin or whatever she was struggling with. And she's like, it always feels like the devil's constantly out trying to get us. You know, it's, he, he, he sure is fighting for, to, to, to get us all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and she was told and she thought it was really good because she came home and told me, of course, and because she thought it was good, but, um, not that she tells me everything or what she, what she hears in the confessional. But anyway, I digress. Um, father rock told her, you're focusing too much on what the devil is doing instead of focusing on what the good that God is doing. You're, you're focusing too much on the bad, too much on the negative, mm. um, and, and what the devil is doing to you and your your family or your friends or whoever. And you're not you're not giving thanks and appreciating what God is doing for you that is good. And it, it kind of sounds like that's kind of the same advice, just diff, different wording that uh, that he gave you, and that was. Again, that uh, I know we've talked about a bunch of different different things on this episode so far, but so far I have two two things that we've talked about that can bring joy to us in times of distress or despair. We've talked about humor and prayer. Um, what what else you got, Mark? What uh, I what I, what else would you suggest to do that works for you? Honestly, try and get some physical exercise. I'm. And that doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, pump a lot of iron and hit the gym and take roids or anything like that. I'm just saying that we are incarnate spirits. Our bodies are gifts that God has given to us, and we should want to take care of them. And I'm telling you, if you get out and go for a run, go for a walk, go play some golf, um, go go play with your kids. Kids, kids will run circles around you, trust me. And... Um, Go for a hike. Go go do something outside. And, man, that will pick your spirits up a lot. And you can even incorporate that into your spiritual life. Um, I got this thing that I invented. I don't know if I invented it, but I've never heard of anybody else doing it before. So I like to say that I invented it. It's called Battle Rosary. Battle Rosary is the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And at the break of each decade, you do uh, 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and 20 squats. So at the end, you've done 100 push-ups, 100 squats, 100 sit-ups, and you've prayed the rosary, and you've united your sufferings to, you're walking with Christ as he's going to Calvary, and you're doing some physical suffering that's sort of uniting your mind to that, and getting, you know, it, it, it's it's allowing you to meditate on the sorrowful mysteries in a very unique way, and you're also getting some physical exercise that's good for you. I, 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 I'm a big believer in that. Um, you know, try to ask you this. Let, yeah. let me ask you this. I, I know we, of course there's a science behind why the physical activity is good for you in so many different ways. Why, uh, in your opinion, or, or what do you think the reason all the physical exercise that, that we can do, you know, if we can stay active helps us spiritually, how does, how does that relate to our spiritual? Do you think? Well, you know, sloth is one of the seven deadly sins, um, right. and, 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 and so is gluttony, right? So eating, so, so trying to eat right and, and stay active will, it will mortify the flesh, right? Because let's be honest, it's five o'clock in the morning. Who wants to go running at five o'clock? I mean, I guess there are those people who really love to do that, and, and that's great. But most of us would rather stay in bed, right? And so... Uh, it, things like that, you know, we, you were talking earlier about self-mastery. Um, and self-mastery is the whole key to the spiritual life. Uh, 
this is one of those things in a in a very physical way that it's not just something that's good for you, but it's something you don't really like to do. It's uncomfortable, right? I mean, who, you know, to 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 do push-ups and squats or or run and things like that. It's not it's not comfortable to do that as much as it would be to sit on the couch and eat potato chips. So it's one of those things that will uh, will form your will and mortify your flesh so that you can build that discipline so that every day you're praying the rosary and every day you're saying your your daily prayers and you're maintaining that routine because you've built that that internal and external discipline and they're all sort of they come together as one thing very good points yeah very good point yeah so you're building up your 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 you're mastering yourself through physical uh exercise and, and whatnot which of course is going to strengthen your resolve in your spiritual life yeah, and it doesn't have to be something that you, you know, you don't have to go out there and kill yourself in order to do this. In fact, I don't recommend you do that. I, I think you should pick an, an activity that you like. Yeah, something that you like to do so that you'll do it and, you know, and just try and maintain that, that routine. Now, I am not great at this because if you, now, nobody can see me on this podcast, thank God, but if they could, they would be like, Mark, really? You, spirit, physical exercise? Really? But no, I try. <laughs> I'm I'm not great at it. Um, I'm I'm. It is a, it's a goal that I have, that uh, I don't do all the time like I need to, but that's good because that means there's room for improvement. You know. Yeah, and yeah, no, no I think you made uh, very good points there because, I mean, the obvious the obvious ways that that it helps you is that. It does relieve, like I said earlier, the science shows it relieves anxiety, stress, and all these things. But I was, and of course, those are going to help your spiritual life. But I was wanting to kind of get your take on, uh, again, what, how that helped you even more spiritually than just getting rid of of, of those uh, those things. And I think there's a now there's a balance here too, right? Because if 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 the goal of the of your physical exercise is so that every time you pass by a mirror, you can kiss your biceps and and marvel at the at God's gift to all mankind, okay, that's not the point. And if that's why you're doing it, then you've got bigger problems in your spiritual life than <laughs> than anything else. But if the goal is to uh, take well, you need to be of... modest in your in your exercise too, because because we always talk about modesty in women, but even even men have an obligation to be modest, right? In work, oh, especially thought, men, absolutely, and indeed as well, absolutely, yeah. And I, I think you know, that if everything in life is a is a means, right? Christ is the end, and everything else is a means, either to get closer to or farther away from Him, and so that's the way we need to look at it. How am I? It, it, to exercise in and of itself is not an end. It's a means. Okay, am I going to use this means to get closer to Christ or am I going to use this to satisfy my own selfish desires and uh, gain esteem from other people at how good I look or anything like that? Or if, trying to attract the opposite sex, especially right. if you're especially if your vocation is a, is a married man. Well, even if your vocation is a priest, you shouldn't be doing that. But Or religious life, but... Uh, but I, but I think the bigger point is, yeah, you're not, you, you, your means isn't, let me attract the opposite sex. It's how can, yeah, how can I, how can this help me to the end? What is my end goal to, to be united with Christ in the beatific vision, right? Absolutely. Um, 
and yeah, physical exercise can help you achieve that. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that you can do. It's not, you know, okay, okay, trad men, but I'm I'm confined to uh, I'm I'm a paraplegic. I'm confined to my bed. Oh, well, okay. I mean, it's not. It's not the only thing you can do, and it's not the most important thing for sure. But it's just, it's one of the things that I try to incorporate into my spiritual life, and it has helped a lot in a lot of situations. Um, and uh, so that's just, if you haven't if you haven't done that or you've been thinking about doing that and you don't know where to start, you know, that that's that's a place to start. I just, I just want to try that. Okay, so I, I, I'm putting you on the spot here right now. I, I got another question. Our show, of course, is trad men, and typically we're going to be talking about, you know, traditional liturgy, traditional, um, just just things that that are considered traditional in the Catholic Church, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in today's standards, when I say sure. traditional, okay. So, what are some things men specifically can do that that from a traditional aspect? Because I've got I've got two ideas. I was going to see what you thought from a traditional aspect. What are things that men can do um, to help build up their spiritual life? Hmm. Did, did, I don't know if I worded the question very well. Well, tell me what tell me what the two things that you're thinking are. Okay. Well, one of them is um, reading, because hmm. we're we're in a technolog- technical age. Technology. Mm-hmm. That's a big word. Um, we're in an age where tv or phones or or whatever and it's something that i'm definitely not perfect uh at overcoming sometimes but you know that's how we get our entertainment Mm. but all it does is is i tell my kid don't watch too much tv you'll get a jelly brain right you know tell the younger kids that my 13 year old probably slap me if i said that well no she wouldn't slap me she's more respectful than that <laughs> but anyway <laughs> i don't want nobody thinking my kids over here slapping me no um, i'm sure she, i'm sure she's very respectful no she is uh, but no reading okay so what kind of reading does it have to always be spiritual or theological readings or does it always have to be the bible no those things are definitely good things and 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 that's what I found myself reading mostly in the past, you know, at least two or three years. But you know, here recently, I uh, probably a couple months ago, be honest, I kind of burned out reading all the the theology because it's it's deep. It it definitely gives your brain a workout, especially somebody like me who's constantly having to look up words. <laughs> so so I said, you know what, I'm I'm going to take a break, but I'm still going to read. I, I it, yeah, it, it's it's good for you and. I don't know if I should say this may cause us to lose a bunch of listeners or all 10 that we may have. Okay. Um, but I had never seen or read, seen the movies or read The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. Dude, who doesn't like The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? If, there, if you are a listener of this podcast <laughs> and you want to unsubscribe because we like Tolkien, then you better hit that unsubscribe button no, now. No, I, I'm saying I had never... I was the one that was never interested in those. I, so I, I had never read them and have you never read the, have, seen the have movies. You, have you read the books? Okay, so I've read The Hobbit and the first uh, Lord of the Rings, The uh, wow. Fellowship of the Ring. So I've read that, and I've I really enjoyed them. It's just something, I guess, earlier in my life where kind of like your, your, your fantasy type, type stories yeah. didn't really appeal to me. But all my friends, I remember growing up, all my friends like, oh, you got to read these books. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, 
but now I'm I'm reading them and I'm enjoying them. So I just kind of took a took a break from that, you know, for, sure. from from reading the deeper stuff and just enjoying something like that. It's technically it's still Catholic, I guess. No, it is. Tolkien was a Catholic, and there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of there's a lot of Catholic imagery and um, and and lessons about, and then there's a lot of theology in those books. Believe but, it or not, but but just the enjoyment from reading can can definitely build your spiritual life. It doesn't have to necessarily, like I said, be religious, theological. It doesn't have to be the scripture, which I'm not saying don't read the scriptures daily. We should. Sure. Um, but just just find the find the joy and sitting back and taking yourself to a world that doesn't exist and yeah. just enjoy the ride. I you know, that's a great point actually. And I I'm guilty. I need to put my phone down. A little bit more. I am always on the YouTube, and YouTube's got some good content on there. It doesn't, you know, it's got some bad content on there too. But it's got some, it's got some good, you know. Uh, uh, you can find a lot of books on tape on YouTube, believe it or not, for free. But there is also this temptation to sit there and scroll YouTube all day long, and that's something that I. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah, there's something that's something that you just brought up that I really need to work on more is put the phone down, pick up an actual book book with pages, you know, that you turn and 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 read a book. You're absolutely right. That's that is one of the more underutilized pleasures of of our existence that is not utilized enough. Well, that's what underutilized means, Mark. Come on. <laughs> That uh, that we really need to recapture, and I think that was a great point. What was the second point that you were thinking of? Well, just just let me add the, uh, to to the to the book reading as well. Is well, for one, I'm right there with you. Put the phone down and, and read because it seems like books don't give you the dopamine rush that video to video gets you because it's it's exciting. It's something different, right? Right. So so the books. If, if you get into them, how is it going to help, help your spiritual life? It, it can also help you just dial back mm -hmm. and then, for me, practice patience. Because, you know, you it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take you a little while to get to the end of the book to find out what happens. So it teaches you patience. And it seems like, yeah, you have to wait for movies to get to the, to the end, too, to find out what happens. But there is so much visual um, stimulation that... At least for me, it doesn't seem like it requires the patience to read them as it as it does to read a book. And of course, you definitely want patience in your spiritual life, for sure, for sure. In fact, uh, the, the so when I pray the rosary every decade, I, I ask for a new grace. Like you know, when so if um, during the decade of um, uh, the the agony in the garden, give us fervency in prayer. Or uh, the the scourging at the pillar, give us the grace of mortification of the flesh. When it comes to the crowning with thorns, I always pray for patience because I think about how patient our Lord must have been in in that situation where he's being mocked and and humiliated, and knowing that he could end all of these people's existence with a thought, but uh, his he he is um, accomplishing his mission and saving those people from their sins by going through what he's going through and it's it's just a very powerful meditation they they say be careful what you ask for especially in prayer yeah um, patience is the thing i ask for 
but I'm always really scared because it seems like I get an instant, you know, test. Uh, te- uh, yeah, I don't even really want to say <laughs> test, but opportunity, I should say, sure. from God to build up that virtue. And I think I fail 99% of the time that, that, that I can just imagine God up in heaven saying, I mean, how many are you going to need? <laughs> Right. Yeah. No. No. That's true. Yeah. Of course, I, he I'm, would know that answer, but you get my point. I'm always scared of mortification of the flesh for that same reason too. <laughs> so, so the second the second thing I I kind of thought about um, for men in particular, and, and this would be good for for women, I guess, or reading is definitely good for women um, as well. But just finding good friends that. Obviously, you get along with. You don't want to be arguing there in this time, but 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 friends you get along with um, that you can just sit back, relax, and enjoy a cigar and a glass of whiskey, and just sit back and talk without distraction, without um, you know your phone buzzing and going off and worrying about what's happening at work or what's happening halfway across the world, and you know. If, Cigar and whiskey ain't your thing. You can do tea and I don't know uh, crumpets, crumpets or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, you. But but when you think of traditional, and, and I enjoy you know smoking a cigar every now and then. And sure, um, it's boring by yourself, so I never do it by myself. Um, and and you know sipping on a glass of whiskey or or beer or whatever, and you just sit back and you just enjoy the company of of your friends of your male friends and and. Yeah. You can talk about, yeah, you can get into the subjects that, that are bothering you, but you can, but just sit around and talk about the joyous things in life. Talk about, you know, debate on some, some theological aspects in the sense, you know, like a good debate. You're just going back and forth, racking each other's brain. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the story of Tolkien and Lewis and what was that pub they went to to bounce ideas off each other and, and let each other read. Um, what, what was the name of that pub they I went to? I don't know. The, I don't know the pub. I know, no, I know what you're I'm talking about, but up. I don't know the name of it. But, but, but that's just kind of the, 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 the theme that, that I'm thinking of. Cause you know, cause men used to do that all the time, you know, after dinner, they'd go back and they'd just talk, you know, I don't think we do that anymore. I, my, one of my favorite things to do was the hunting trip. I, I used to love to go on and I still love to go on hunting trips because a hunting trip is that's 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 going to happen, right? Because you 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 know you get up early in the morning, yeah. you go out, you you shoot some ducks, and then you know in the afternoon you'll you'll horse around or whatever. But usually around evening time, uh, and you're sitting around the hunting cabin. That's when the cigars come out. That's when the whiskey comes out, and it's always a great time. I used to enjoy that part more than the actual hunting itself. Um, and so, yeah, no, I know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And one of the things that I used to do is, um, in, in, when I was in law school, I had a group of friends that I got really close with in law school. And, uh, one of them had, uh, a cabin out, uh, a lake house out on Lake Michigan. And we would go there every summer, uh, for a week and just, just dude weekend, for, for, you know, and um, one of the guys who I used to go with, he came into the Catholic Church while we were in law school together. Um, he brought me back because I was not practicing at the time. And his sort of discovery of the Catholic religion and him asking me questions about it 
brought me back. So it was it was an interesting way that the Holy Ghost acted. Um, and you know, people, you know, there were people who were like, "Well, Mark converted this friend I was talking about," and I and I, and I would tell them, uh, "Mark didn't convert anybody because Mark was not in a position to convert anybody. Mark didn't believe in anything. How how could I have converted? So if anything, we were both converted." because uh, the Holy Spirit was acting in that way. And that all came out of fellowship and just, you know, hanging out and enjoying each other's company. So, yeah, no, there's totally, there's totally a lot of merit in that, for sure. So the group, of course, that, that Tolkien and Lewis and all of them were a part of was called the Inklings, and they the name of the pub they met was the Eagle and Child. Oh, okay, okay. So just in case anybody didn't didn't know that. but There you go. I do want to add the the disclaimer because I know there's especially with the background in the United religious background in the United States coming you know all the way back to the Puritans and and the uh, the Prohibition era you know uh, if there's any non-Catholic um, Christians on here that oh well why would you mention cigars and whiskey by no means do we say drink or smoke to an excess because the church teaches and we believe that doing both in excess like anything is a sin right and uh willfully getting drunk is a mortal sin so by no means when i say <clears throat> kick back with your friends smoke a cigar drink a glass of whiskey are we saying do it to your detriment because remember everything we're talking about is enjoying the good in life and you know for whether it's whether it's reading whether it's humor whether it's prayer whether cigar or whiskey, these are all good things that God has provided in their proper place or proper time and in their, uh, you know, if, if you're using it, using it properly. Sure. So, so you know, I just kind of wanted to put that because I know that can be controversial to some, to some yeah, Christians I think, out there. I think it's always, well, you know, everything's got to be in its proper place, like we're, like we were talking about earlier. You know, you... You, you don't want to, just like I think it would be, it would be wrong to, to be on your knees 24 hours a day reciting psalm after psalm after psalm, like ad nauseum to the, you know, to, because you have to pray without ceasing. Like that, that's an inappropriate use of prayer. You're overdoing it. You need to because go out and do some other things. Neglecting other be things neglecting that God other things. is requiring of you. So everything's got to be in its place and everything's got to, and you, you know, f for most of the people who are listening to this podcast, you're adults, you know, you know what your limitations are and what your, when you've had enough and things like that, you know, but. Or if you can have any at all. You or know, if you I can mean, have any at all, there might be some of you out there who, you know, yeah, that's a good point, Jace. I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, but the, you know, the point obviously is not just to drink alcohol. The, the, the point is to. Is the point of your that, that Jason's making here, I think, is fellowship, right? Yeah, fellowship relax and enjoy with your brothers in Christ and, and relax and tell some jokes. Enjoy yourself, man. Life is short. <laughs> and Life and, is short. And, and and the thing about if you're doing whiskey or beer is, let's, let's be honest, even if you're not to an excess on it, it also helps open up conversation too. Sure. Um, so, so it can serve a good purpose in its proper context and proper place. And uh, golf, take up some golf. If you don't like golf, well, well, that could be detrimental to your spiritual life, depending <laughs> on how good you are. 
I uh, I love the game of golf, man. Golf to me is uh, I I I really hope there's a golf course in heaven because <laughs> because and I hope I get to, let's put this I hope I make it to heaven. And if I do, I hope there's a golf course there because well, I need I, I need to put you in contact with my brother-in-law. He's 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 past few years he's turned into uh, I don't want to say fanatic. That's not the right word, but he's all about golf. Reads I go to his house. There's golf books. He's watching you know all the golf tournaments. Re- really good guy, but man, he's you and him might get along if you really enjoy golf because he's falling in love with it. I, I, well, I don't need to play like a club pro or a tour pro. And in fact, I don't play like a pro. I, I'm, I'm very much an amateur. Um, you know, I, I probably shoot anywhere in the low 80s to high 70s, which is. Right, well, you're a professional compared to me. Well, you know, that's not, that's not a great score and it's not a terrible score either. But mostly to me, it's just about being outside with your friends, getting some physical exercise, imbibing in a few adult beverages and a cigar once in a while, and, um, and just relaxing. And I, I like it's not one of these things where if I make a bad shot or I make a bad putt or I don't score low enough, I'm going to get mad and throw my clubs in the lake and, I'll, and get and, you know cuss people out. And like, I don't care. In fact, the, some of the people I play with don't even keep score. They're not, they, don't, they don't play well enough to even – it doesn't even worth it to keep score. I don't care. <laughs> Just, just you know, it's just a chance to be outside and in, and enjoy the fellowship of your friends, and and that's really at the end of the day, I think the point that Jason's making is, and and I and I totally agree with that, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, good point, Jason, good point. And 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 to any uh, female listeners, we may we you know we may have, especially the ones that are home with the children all day, they they need that time too because oh absolutely. Um, you know, get together wife, with your girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, as my wife tells me, you know, chasing kids all day, and and being busy with all the the responsibilities that come with that. Sometimes she just wants to have a conversation with an adult. Sure. And and I can't always fulfill that role because I don't always have conversations as an adult. So I was going to say you're not much of an adult, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> but but yeah, I mean the the females you know need need it just as much as us men oh sure yeah i mean fellowship with with friends is is incredibly important and uh we should be we should be partaking in that if you're not doing that seek that out and i know in the past year and a half with coronavirus and everything that's been difficult to do get on the phone and call your friend facetime with them or you know do what you know find find ways to connect with people um, because no man is an island. Yeah, and and the way the past year and a half or so has gone, it seems like everybody's trying to disconnect from their fellow man, and that that is a tragedy and something that that is going to cause a lot of problems if we continue down that path. So definitely go against that grain. Uh, well, we're coming up on about an hour and a half here. I think I think I'm ready to call it. What about you? Um. um good whenever you are um i was just trying to think if there was any any other you know that that came to mind but nothing off the top of my head here i i know we talked before and this was an episode me and you came came to an agreement on what yesterday i think day before we talked about a little bit today so i was just doing everything off the cuff today and i think maybe you were too because i was too because we were like let's talk about how we can find joint things that we do I, i um so 
just, you know, a, a lot of this is just just things that we've we've just thought of. And if anybody that happens to be listening that has any great ideas that they think may may add to the joy in our life, shoot us an email or catch yeah. us on Twitter. Or if you know us in person, catch us in person. What's our What's our Twitter handle, Jason? Okay, let me make sure I'm telling you right here. While he's getting that, send us an email if you want, tradmenpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All I get so far is a bunch of junk mail. So if you want to, if you like the podcast and you just would like to send us a word of encouragement. Oh, actually, that's one thing I wanted to, 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 to bring up before we close. Um, okay. If you... If you go to a, a, a Latin mass or, or you used to go to a Latin mass or, or whatever, and your priests are going through a rough time right now. Uh, our priests think that, are, you know, they're, some of them think nobody loves them anymore. And, and you know, when they, they release this letter and now their own people don't like them anymore. Send your priest an email or drop him a note. Hey, Father, I wanted to let you know your homily last Sunday was awesome. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, uh, Father, I want to let you know, I think you're a great pastor. Thanks for looking out for us. You're in our prayers. Little little words of encouragement like that, because your priest, when he screws up, always hears about it. And he hears about it from 40 different people. When he does good, he doesn't hear about it from anybody. So drop him a line of encouragement once in a while and and, and let him know you, you care about him and that you're thinking about him and that, uh, you know, because all the anxiety and the things you're going through, they're going through it too. And just, you know, everyone, hey, Father, I wanted to let you know, I know there's a lot of crap going on in the church right now. Everything's going to be okay. We're praying for you. We're going to be, we're, we're good. And you're, you're a great pastor. And thanks for all your hard work. It'll, it would, it would mean so much to them. I'm serious. But anyway. Very, tra- no, yeah. I, I was going to say very good point. And just let me add one thing to that is, yes, they are, of course, catching flag from from people outside of the church, people that, that aren't traditional, and even people that, are um, within the tradition one of the traditional circles themselves and being called all kinds of awful names um i think a, i think a nice gesture you can do and it's something i'm not really good with just because of my background and it is a humbling experience to to in order for me personally to do it but if you just go up to a priest and you and you shake his hand if you kiss his hand i think that speaks volumes to how you feel about that priest as well, because mm. you know you're kissing the consecrated hands. You're you're acknowledging their priesthood. You're acknowledging um, all the things that they do for you spiritually with with their hands. So yeah, and that's um, a that's an I, I think old, that's a small gesture you can do. And that's a very traditional practice. One of the things that uh, you see, and <laughs> I hate to make this reference to the Godfather, but you've seen that scene in the Godfather <laughs> where they kisses the Godfather's hand. That's because that's an old Roman sign of of submission to your the your the authority that you hold. So that that of course is in the Roman Catholic Church, yeah. um, and uh, it's when you see the a, a bishop or a cardinal or the Holy Father, you would kiss the ring, the Episcopal ring that he has on his hand, uh, as and, and as a sign of that. And so yeah, no, that's that's a very good traditional. Um, Roman Catholic practice to, and it's not something you see a lot anymore. Um, but it's something I think that would be a very nice, uh, a very nice gesture. Goes a long way without having to say anything. Absolutely. Um, but you asked me the the handle for Twitter. Yeah. 
So, uh, of course, the name of the Twitter account is TradMen, two words. The handle is at Trad underscore men. So, T-R-A-D underscore men, M-E-N. Yeah. So, engage with us on Twitter. Please send us an email. Let us know you like the podcast. If you hate the podcast, keep it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> nobody cares what you think. Um no, but but seriously, we, we, we would like some email once in a while, even if it's just to say, hey, great podcast. I enjoyed it. Uh, TradmenPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, on that note, I'm ready to close it out. I'm going to go to Mass in the morning, and I am going to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and it is going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on uh, episode six. Continue to listen to us, hopefully. And uh, like I said, uh, drop us a line on Twitter. Drop us an email. And uh, we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless everyone. All right. Take care.